As I read through the Gospels, I discovered that Jesus loved the broken. And I was as broken, as broken as a girl could be. And he came to offer people love and belonging and hope and forgiveness and eternal life. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. I'm Scott Young. Our regular co-host Dave Donaldson is out on assignment. But we have Chrissy Cochran with us, and we will not miss a beat. She is the glue that holds this organization together. And when she's on, our ratings always go up. We're here to see the influence of your life increase to make your world a better world and to make the world a better place. The topic we are talking about on today's podcast is so vitally important. Recent government reports say that skyrocketing suicide among teenage girls over the last several years has been shocking. Between 2010 and 2015, the rate increased by 65%, which interestingly correlates with the onset of the smartphones and social media. They probably have something to do with each other. Teenage girls' hospital visits surged more than 50% during the recent pandemic at one point. The Wall Street Journal did an article that revealed Facebook documents that showed Instagram is toxic for young teenage girls, which launched a congressional probe. There was a bipartisan bill introduced in the Senate that proposed new and explicit responsibilities for tech platforms to protect children from what is called digital harm. In the state of America, the Mental Health Association reported in 44 million Americans have mental health conditions. And we're going to talk about that today. But let me turn to our co-host, Chrissy. We've just had some very shocking um, statistics. Um, What do you think is going on in America now? Man, Scott, these numbers are startling. I mean, when we're looking at from 2010 to 2015, suicide rate increased 65%. And, you know, I think about even the numbers with teenage girls that you mentioned, like when I was a teenager looking back, like I was so insecure. I was so, I had very little confidence. And you know, I came, I came from a good home. I had no reason to be insecure about myself. And I think I just shudder to think about what the, the trajectory of my life would have been if I would have been in the digital age, you know, if I would have had a smartphone and all the social media and all the pressure and comparisons. And to where, like, these these youngsters, like, do they even have a good chance? My goodness, you know? And and really, we're children and, and teenagers, like, especially with, with young girls, their, um, their development of their brain is so different than the boys, right? And there's just a lot at play there. And I know that, um, you know, over time with a lot of maturity and a lot of... Um, you know, knowing their identity in Christ comes that, you know, I call the God confidence and getting through the struggles and comparison. But then you just take that. I think that just kind of happens naturally. But then those with the serious, you know, mental health challenges where the red flag showing you need, you know, you need professional counseling here. You may need medication. Um, so there's a, I think there's a lot happening there that, um, and I'm really glad to talk about today with our guest, right? Yeah, we're really glad to have Allie Marie Smith with us. She has lived with a mental health diagnosis, and she has learned how to thrive in spite of an incredible challenge. She's the founder and director 
of a group. I just love the name of it. Wonderfully made. Cause that's uh, what so the good. Lord says. The Lord yeah. says we are wonderfully made. It's a nonprofit organization, which is specifically dedicated to helping young girls, young women to know their true value. She's an award-winning author, speaker, podcast host, and certified life coach. She lives in North Santa Barbara County, and she loves surfing, traveling up and down the California coast with her husband, Paul, and her golden retriever, Gidget and Allie. We are so glad to welcome you to the Influencers Podcast. Hi, Scott and Chrissy. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for having this conversation today. So your story is quite riveting. You actually at one point attempted to take your own life because of mental health issues. Um, so just what, what's your story and, and where are you now? Yeah. Well, I was a, a really good girl from a good home and, you know, as a, I was pretty feisty and I was confident. Uh, but around the age of 12, things really started to change for me. And I started experiencing what I now know were symptoms of clinical depression. You know, I didn't, none of it added up. I had everything a girl could want. I had a good family, a world of opportunity, um, talents, gifts, friends. But um, I was overwhelmed with uh, insecurity and a sense of un- unworthiness and loneliness and and really, this escalated throughout uh, high school. And on the outside, it looked like I was a girl who had it all together. I was a straight-A student. I was part of the popular girls' girls crowd at my all-girls mm-hmm. school. Um, I was a successful athlete. And um, you never would have suspected that on the inside, I was fighting a very serious battle with darkness and with and with depression. And so what happened was two weeks after I graduated uh, summa cum laude, I had a smile stretched across my face as I grabbed my diploma and I had an acceptance to an East Coast University awaiting for me. Uh, but two weeks after that, I found myself in a dark and mm. a very debilitating depression, unable to eat, sleep, or talk. My body was alive, but there was there was no life within me, and uh, I was admitted to the psychiatric hospital. I was put on antidepressants, and I was sent home three days later, mm. and to attend group counseling programs and group therapy. As all my friends were, you know, going to parties and going to the beach and getting ready to decorate their dorm rooms for the fall. And um, I didn't really experience any relief uh, from that depression. And so uh, one day I grabbed the car keys and um, I, I left my house in Silicon Valley and I took off with one destination in mind. Mm. Um, that was the Golden Gate Bridge with the intention to end my life by jumping off. And mm. I was so sick and I was so broken. I, I really believed the lie that the world was better off without me in it. Uh, I believe that ending my life was the only way that I could uh, relieve this excruciating emotional and mental turmoil I was facing. And I was close to that bridge and I was driving somewhat recklessly and my tire hit a curb and I got a flat tire. And I remember sitting in my car just paralyzed unsure what to do. And then there was a knock on my window 
and this silver-haired man with a warm smile came to me and asked if he could help me. And he asked if he could um, call for roadside assistance for me. And um, I engaged in a real conversation with that man after not talking to anyone for probably six weeks. And something about that encounter uh, with him gave me hope that, that maybe I would be okay. And I got my tire replaced and I drove my car back home to my family. Um, that wasn't the end of my struggle with my mental health. Um, I tried to go to college to that, to that university in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I came apart again uh, when I was trying to go to college. Um, just the stress, the over, you know, not stop taking my medication. I was just overwhelmed. And I entered into an even darker and an even scarier place that fall, 3,000 miles away from home. I had to be flown home. I was readmitted to the hospital where I was for three weeks and um, Christians in my parents' life uh, lives began praying for me. And one man especially wrote a prayer for me and I asked for a Bible. I started reading the Bible for the very first time in my life. I'd always believed in God, always prayed to God. Um, but there was kind of like a disconnect. You know, I didn't know I could have like this friendship with God and I didn't hadn't really truly heard the gospel message. And, and as I read through the gospels, I discovered that Jesus loved the broken. And I was as broken, as broken as a girl could be. And he came to offer people love and belonging and hope and forgiveness and eternal life. And one day in the hospital chapel, as a woman sang Amazing Grace, I said a whispered prayer and I surrendered my life to Christ. Mm. And I've never been the same since. I have had struggles with my mental health since. That wasn't the end of my journey. Um, And I've had detours and I've had setbacks. I've had five hospitalizations for my mental health in my life. And, um, but today by God's grace, uh, through the power of God, uh, through professional help, uh, through family support, community, and a resolve to live a very positive and a, a healthy lifestyle today by God's grace I am I am thriving and mm. I am full of joy and um, I hope that my story can give others who are uh, suffering from mental health challenges hope um, that they can experience freedom and relief too I'm sure there are people who are listening that very much identify there's a, a, a pretense, there's a plastic smile on their face, but inside um, they're falling apart. I loved when you said that God is close to the broken. I love Psalm 34 that says God is close to the brokenhearted. But I'm just wondering if people are around us that have that smile on their face and everything looks good, um, how can we kind of break through? How do we see the signs to help people, or how do we, from the outside, and the inside has, person has to decide they need help and they want help, but how do we see the need for helping people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question, and I love how the Bible says that 
ask for wisdom and God will give it to us generously. So we can ask God for wisdom and for eyes to see those people who are in need. Um, you know, sometimes you can just kind of sense a heaviness in someone's presence that mm -hmm. um, they may flash a smile, but uh, your intuition may tell you, the Holy Spirit may tell you that that really there's there's something going on with them. And so if you ever sense that in someone, maybe a heaviness, you know, maybe you're at the grocery store mm -hmm. and, you know, you just have an encounter with someone and you, you just sense that there's a heavy heartedness with them. I, I think... I, I think, uh, I think that's one thing. Uh, mm -hmm. and obviously it, it depends who the person is, you know, is this person in your inner circle? Is it a family member? Is it one of your best friends or is this just someone you're passing by at the coffee shop, um, to ask God for wisdom and, and to ask really intentional questions, not the, Oh, Hey, how are you? But how are you really doing? How have you been? Uh, what kind of thoughts are you thinking these days? Or, uh, you know, what's hard for you right now? And to be someone who genuinely wants to know and is genuinely interested in other people and in what they have to say, and in also being available, being available for people, mm -hmm. um, I think. So those are just a few things. Um, also, of course, we can get into this more later, but educating yourself on mm -hmm. the symptoms of, of mental illness. Um, and so when you're educated, you can kind of have have eyes to see, you know, warning signs and be able, be better equipped to help someone. Well, I, for one, I'm sure many are very thankful for that silver haired man mm. that smiled and warmly started a conversation with you. Mm. And um, I, I just think you encouraging people to ask questions is so good. Mm -hmm. I just thought of a question I like to ask people and it's like, how have you been sleeping? Because mm. oftentimes That's... depressive thoughts rob sleep and just to have the conversation and be there is so good. Right. It's so good. And, you know, you mentioned about educating ourselves about those red flags. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I think from especially your story, it's not it's as I've gotten older, it's, it's for me, I've heard it's more common. I'm coming across more stories of the the teenagers who look like they have it all together or they're really struggling in the inside to where then when the red flags come up, everyone is by kind of bypassing those. Like, no, like they're, but look at it. They're smart. They got a lot going. Their grades are good. They're popular. They're smiling. Mm -hmm. But really then those red flags pop up and, and they just bypass them. They overlook them because they think it's going to be maybe, um, for, you know, if they weren't, if they were going through depression, then they wouldn't be smiling or you would see it in their grades or in other other ways. So I think it's a really important important part of knowing those red flags, right? Yeah, absolutely. And my story uh, is eerily similar to a young woman who unfortunately lost her life to depression. Uh, mm -hmm. She was a college student in Pennsylvania. She was a high achiever. She was, you know, she was well-liked. She was a star athlete, a collegiate athlete. And um, uh, her Instagram profile looked like she had a great mm -hmm. life. And you would never, you would never have known. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I first heard her story, I just, I just bawled. I just was so heartbroken. Yeah. Um, you're right. So we don't externals 
do not really tell us about the interior of someone and what's really going on. And so I think, like we talked about, being available, educating ourselves, asking questions, hard questions sometimes. If you suspect someone may be struggling with depression, ask them, do you, do you have any thoughts of, of ending your life? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we're scared to ask people that question because it's uncomfortable, because we, we think it might give them an idea. But research has actually found that asking that question can provide someone, it's actually a positive thing to do because it can provide relief for them and, um, and it's not triggering. So um, to actually, you know, give them an opportunity to express that. Right. One time we just asked, we were sitting with our team and we were talking about mental health and we'd been reading some material on it. And we just asked the question, who has ever thought at some point in your life about taking your life? And we were very surprised. Wow. And it opened up some wonderful conversation. There wasn't a current struggle, but just to know these people who oh. were coworkers of ours, they came to places in their life that they just felt so deeply depressed. I love in your book that you've written wonderfully made that you quote Psalm 139, that mm. you can't get away from God's presence. Mm. And uh, it just says, if I, if I go up to heaven, of course you're there. But it also says, if I go to the very gates of hell, Mm-hmm. that you are there. Mm-hmm. So why does that in your book, why is that such an important scripture and how do, how do people find hope in that? I can still remember the day I stumbled across Psalm 139 uh, sitting in my bedroom at my parents' home shortly after my second hospitalization. And it was like, I've been waiting my entire life to hear these truths spoken over me, that to know that God knows me intentionally, his thoughts toward me outnumber the grains of sand, that there's nowhere I can go to flee from his presence. Um, he knit me together in, in his in my mother's womb. All the days are planned for me, were written in his book before one of them came to be. Uh, that I have been fearfully or lovingly and wonderfully created in his image. I mean, I was just blown away by uh, the Lord's love for me. And that verse, Psalm 139, verse 14, specifically, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, really became an anthem over my life, uh, pointing me to my true source of worth when depression told me I wasn't worthy of living. Mm-hmm. And it has been my my life passion and mission to to let, you know, I work especially with teen girls and women, but of course men are wonderfully made too. And we all need to hear this truth that yeah. we have so much value because God created us and loves us and wants a personal relationship with us. Yeah. You know, Sorry, I was going to say that in research for um, for this interview, I was looking up information about your book and reading it. And I actually ordered two, Allie. I ordered two copies, okay, because I wanted to dive in. I have young girls who are eight and I know, man, we're going to go into teenage years. I want to be able to know, you know, what my girls are struggling with. How can I help them? How can I identify? But then also I want another copy to give it to a friend. Right. And so I'm in a world of a lot of moms where our girls are our boys are, you know, in the teenage years. And it is just in this world today. It is like I, I don't even I don't even have a word. Can I just say bonkers? I don't know. Like it's just, there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of crazy stuff. And it's not like it once was decades ago. Um, so we're really anxious to kind of get in there. I think, you know, um, God has given you a great platform and a gift. But can I ask this, though? What are, and I'm sure it's in your book, but five ways, 
five ways and how you manage the the mental health um, just battle of combating the lies that it would be easier just to to end it all. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to share. Um, you know, five things that really help me. Uh, thrive, even though I do have a, a mental health condition. Um, one, I just want to say it's really by God's grace that he's given me a motivation to want to stay well and to be well. Um, you know, I often say that mental uh, health conditions are not terminal conditions. They, they are highly treatable and there's so much hope available. And so, um, you know, I've struggled so, so severely in my past and by God's grace today, I'm here and I'm thriving and I'm so motivated to do everything I can in my ability to do my part, to stay well mentally and to be well. And so, um, you know, the rest is up to God and, but I'm committed to doing my part. So for me, that looks like living a very healthy and a very clean lifestyle, which has, you know, required a lot of sacrifices and a lot of discipline. So I'm pretty religious about my sleep. You know, I got, fr I got invited to, to meet some friends tonight at eight 30 and I'm like, I get ready for bed at eight 30, <laughs> you know? So go, I go to bed at the same time. I wake up at the same time every day, every day, or, or at least I try to, uh, I get daily exercise. I try to get outside a lot. Um, I abstain from drugs and alcohol, um, make choices uh, in foods. I, I love having treats, but uh, enjoy those God-made foods that really nourish my brain because it's really about our brain health. If we can get our brain healthy, we're going to have more mental health. And so there's things that really can add to poor brain health. Um, and so educating yourselves, like do some research. Dr. Amen has been um, a great source of... Uh, a resource for me. I actually recently received a treatment at the Amen Clinic where I got my brain scanned and have been doing all these all these other things to learn how to better take care of myself. Um, the second thing I do is I take my medication, vitamins, and supplements regularly, and I do them. I take them with gratitude. So every Sunday evening. I get my AM, my pill box out. It has my AM and my PM pills. And I, I put my medication in. I put my supplements in. I put my probiotics. And I thank God for these because these are tools to help me live my best life. And I used to experience so much shame for, for taking medication. And now I see it as a gift that God has given me to help heal, to really help me rise above these challenges and, and to live well. And so um, another thing is just really seeking out positive community and relationships, you know, who are we spending time with? Who's in our inner circle? Uh, making sure I have a counselor on hand if I need to talk to someone. Uh, another thing I do is I, I like to say I identify and pull the weeds in my life. So I identify the things that are robbing me of peace and joy, whether that be social media, too much Netflix time. What are the things that really suck joy out of my life and bring me anxiety and angst? And so sometimes in order to bloom, the first thing we need to do is to pull all those weeds in our life. You know, maybe that's a toxic relationship. Maybe that's uh, an issue with alcohol or drugs. or And so um, being attentive to those things that are really 
sucking the life out of me. And then another thing I do is really pursue my passions. Um, you know, I've chosen to be in ministry over the corporate world because this is, I know God has called me to this and it, um, it brings me so much meaning and joy. So as much as we can pursue our passions and use our God-given gifts and, and talents, um, I love getting outside, surfing, working with young women. Um, so those are five things, uh, five tangible ways that I really pursue greater mental health. And I would really encourage people to read the wonderful material that you've written. The title is long, and we'll put it in the show notes. It's wonderfully made. Discover the identity, love, and worth you were created for. It's really especially to help young women, teenagers, to discover their self-worth, their identity, in a God who loves them and calls them wonderfully made. You can find out more also at wonderfullymade.org and connect with the book and the material there. I want to thank you, Allie, just for being with us. And if anybody is listening um, that has thought about or has a friend that's thought about suicide, I want to just encourage you, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and the number will be in the show notes as well. That's one 800 273 8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Every life has incredible value, probably more value than we know, and every life matters. And Allie, thank you for sharing your story. I know somebody's listening. I know it's making a difference in their life. And Chrissy, thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Influencers Podcast. I'm Scott Young. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at the Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus.